0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is
1: Believe.
0: Hey, babe, thank you so much for tuning in to the Believe in Bravo Besties podcast. This is your host, Diana Jebia, and you are going to want to grab a drink because we have quite a show planned for you today. I am joined by Mandy Slutsker. She's the host of the Is This Real Life podcast. To spill the bravo tea, we're going to be talking about why Jax Taylor says he left Vanderpump Rules. Okay. We're also going to ask whether or not Brielle Bierman is joining the next season of Summer House. Plus, we recap the explosive Summer House Part 2 reunion. And of course, we read your opinions, and that's my opinion. So get ready because it's about to get fun. This Bravo bestie is one of the sweetest people I've ever spoken to. You know the feeling like when you're at a sleepover and you're just talking all night to your friend? Well, this is how I feel when I'm talking to her about Bravo. So when she's not serving up Bravo realness on her Instagram, Mandy Slutsker, or on her podcast, Is This Real Life? You can find her advocating for global public health and being a dog mom to her pup, Stasi the Westie, who is adorable, by the way. So raise your glass and welcome Mandy Let's go. Whoop, whoop, whoop. Thank
1: you so much. You are too kind. Too are kind. are so welcome. Thank you for coming on today. I'm so excited to be here and congrats on the new podcast. Thank you
0: so much. You know, it's like so exciting because I got to tell everyone about it on your podcast. So it's like a full circle yes. moment for us right now.
1: I'm so glad to be here to talk all things Bravo this week.
0: Yeah. So let's get a little background on you. How long have you been watching Bravo? What inspired you to make your Instagram page and your podcast? Like tell us everything.
1: So I think I started watching Bravo shows probably in like 2012 or 2013. I got into the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills in season three. And then that's the season that they had the offshoot of Vanderpump Rules. So then I started Vanderpump Rules. I had also been watching Real Housewives of the OC a bit, um, but wasn't like as invested as a viewer probably until like 2012, 2013, kind of around that time. So um, I used to watch a lot of The Bachelor and Bachelorette and I still kind of like follow that, but just not as closely. And so this was sort of like my next foray into reality TV. Nice. Now with my podcast that happened so I started that in January of 2018 kind of as a opportunity to have a creative outlet and to talk to other people who love Bravo and love to laugh about it and also like to find real life lessons from it. It's so interesting to be able to watch a show and there be Um, a topic of conversation or an argument between two people and you can have 10 viewers and they all see it completely differently and I love that because it's sort of like a social experiment and we're all commentating on what's happening and learning a lot about our lives their lives all kinds of stuff so I enjoy kind of the things that in these shows that are relatable to our real lives yeah
0: I like that you said that because I feel like a lot of people watch reality TV as a passive activity. So for you to remind us that there's a lot of lessons that can be found in these shows, which are just seemingly all about drama, that's really helpful and that's really important. Is there a lesson that you find that's your favorite you've ever come across or maybe is most important or like an iconic one from all the series?
1: I don't know about, about Iconic, but I do believe in forgiveness and I believe that people can make mistakes and that they can change. And so to see some of these housewives and how quickly they're able to forgive and how they're able to forge new friendships with one another, I think is a lesson that we could all take. I know a lot of us, myself included, sometimes hold on to things longer than we should. And some of these women just are really able, once they get an apology, to just move forward. And I think that's um, a, a good lesson. You don't forget, but you can certainly forgive.
0: Yeah, that's a really great point. So speaking of these women and all the people in Bravo, is there a Bravo bestie, you know, from anyone in Bravo who is yours in your head? And like, what would be your ideal day together? I
1: think I'm gonna have to choose two because they're just so different. Like in terms of, so in terms of quirkiness, like I love having friends that have unusual hobbies and just like interesting things to do um, where I learn a lot from them. So I would have to go with Tom Sandoval from Vanderpump Rules. It's such a like, he's such a quirky guy. He plays the trumpet. He's into making cocktails. He loves a good theme party. He seems like he'd be so much fun. He's the kind of person when I first started watching him on the show, I was like, oh, he's someone I would have been friends with, like had I met outside of, because there is a depth to him. He does, you know, care so much about his family. He's such a good partner to Ariana. um, And, you know, I love that he's into his music and all these different things. So I just think we would go to Tom and just spend the day hanging out in West Hollywood, walking around and just shooting the shit. And we wouldn't know where the hours went. And then, so that's sort of my West Coast one. And East Coast, I would just have to say Margaret Joseph's because- you know, I'm Jewish and she has such a like strong Jewish energy. You know, she raised three or four, I guess now Jewish children. You know, she married a Jewish man and was married to him for 20 years. And I don't know, she's so inspirational and with her business and everything that she's done to like market herself and constantly reinvent herself. And I just love the energy that she brings. I just finished reading her book, Caviar Dreams on a Tuna Fish Budget. Highly recommend it to anyone. It's not like other housewives books. It's not total crap. It is amazing. And when you're reading it, you can literally hear it, her voice. Like I read it, you know, actually read the book and I could hear her talking and there's actually a lot of lessons she has in there. Um, just about just all kinds of things from business to personal, to family and everything in between. And I think we would just have so much fun. We'd probably go into New York city, cross the bridge and I don't know, go shopping, have a cocktail, even though I know she doesn't drink, um, go to some, you know, fun, fancy, cool restaurants. And I would just learn a lot about entrepreneurship.
0: Yeah, I think that's a really great choice. I think Margaret is just such a strong woman, and she doesn't play around. Um, I'm glad you had mentioned her book, because I know the last time I spoke to you, you said you were in the process of reading that. So I'm gonna have to add that one to my list. I actually, yesterday, I picked up Lala's book in Studio City, because she had signed a bunch of copies. So I found one of the signed copies. So that's next on my list. I'm going to have to do Lala and then let me know how
1: Lala's is and whether or not it's worth reading. I'm not going to ever say no to anyone's book and not going to ever say that someone's too young to have a book because one of the best books I've read in the last few years, it was Jessica Simpsons. I mean, I thought that was so incredible and she had so much insight and so much to share. So I, and it's also, she talked about parts of like life that we remember watching on TV and like seeing unfold, but we actually weren't really privy to what was going on in the background. So maybe there's something that Lala has to share as well.
0: Yeah. I'll let you know. I love all these autobiographies. Like nonfiction is my favorite genre to read. So every time a new cast member comes out, like, or a cast member comes out with a new book, I'm like, okay, like take all my money. <laughs> Totally. So I will definitely keep you posted on that one. So what do you say now we spill some Bravo tea?
1: Definitely.
0: I don't have a theme song for that one yet. I got to come up with it. (laughs) (laughs) So this week we got news that Jax Taylor said the reason he's leaving Vanderpump Rules for season eight was because the show was too scripted, which I don't buy.
1: I think we... I think we know for sure that he was asked to leave or asked not to come back. So I think we know that, but I do think he does make a point about scriptedness because they brought in new cast members and those cast members did not have organic relationships with the rest of the cast, I guess, similar to Lala and James Kennedy, they didn't have organic relationships either. So, um, but they somehow forged them. And so, but then to bring in, you know, four new cast members that weren't really connected to the cast, they had to find ways to manufacture that. And it did feel more, not scripted, but like situations were scripted. And And so I, I do think he makes a point, um, but it's definitely not the reason he will not be back for season nine.
0: Yeah, I thought it was funny for two reasons. Number one is the first thing you said, it's like, dude, we all know you were fired. The jig is up, stop. Um, and then number two, it's like, he had some of the most scripted storylines on the show to begin with. Like, when they had that whole cheating scandal and then um, he and Brittany did the house party or the housewarming party and then someone dropped, I think it was James dropped the audio there. I'm like, come on. They told him to do that. like. And then the whole season one, like, I'm going to crash Stassi's birthday and fight her new boyfriend and rip off my chunky sweat, like playing it up for the cameras, bud. Like, it's just so funny that he is using that as an excuse. And you know, it's not traditionally scripted, but like all of that stuff is juiced up, exaggerated if you will, for the cameras.
1: Totally, although, I I don't know, he's someone that's so like out there that I could see him doing these things without cameras there. And so it's hard to know, like, what would people do if there was no film crew versus with the film crew? I still think he would have gone to see Stassi because he felt some sort of ownership over her and he wanted to control her behavior. And then the thing with the audio, like I've heard that that was completely, like that happened and no one had a heads up on that. And just like how shocking it was, you know? It's
0: just wild. Or like just even having a party, like, see, we're good. Like we're doing this for the cameras, like to prove that we're good. And even though I cheated, like everything's fine. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, it's tough. It's tough because I think they would do that also without cameras and have their friends over and try because he would try and show we're good Brittany's still with me it's all fine we've we're moving past it we're past it you know like it it's just it's crazy because so he's a a good (laughs)
0: self-producer
1: I think so I mean that's why he was so good on the show for so long and that these other people are so good on the show is that they do this kind of stuff whether or not there are cameras You know, and that's what's so wild about finding people that behave this way, you know, because I don't know many people like
0: that. I know, and maybe that's a good thing. (laughs) 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 Um, I do like what you said, though, because there's going to be new cast members. And I did, I mean, I don't know if she's joining the show for sure, but she was featured on Sir's account. Her name is Demi, and she was my server when I went. It was last weekend or a couple of weeks ago now. I don't remember, but I was like, "Oh, she was really nice," but like I could see her being someone to stir the plot up if she's chosen for the new season. So that's going to be interesting.
1: Totally. And I, what I hope is that they would have people. I guess I would want to see it be more surrounded around Tom Tom and around Tom and Tom and Katie and Ariana more than Lisa because they seem to have more organic relationships with people that work there, and the whole Lisa of it all it's like she wants to stay on as this executive producer, fine, but stop centering yourself in the show. It doesn't make yeah. sense, and yeah, it feels I think we're kind of so authentic yeah, yeah.
0: Um, are you, so a lot of people, I see comments like, okay, I think Vanderpump Rules should wrap it up. Like we've moved on. We don't care about the cast, you know, having kids and all that. Do you agree with that? Are you here for next season? Like what's your take?
1: I mean, I'm here for it. I'll, I'll see, you know, um, I've, watched this entire season of Dallas, so if I, made it that, <laughs> I feel like I, I should be able to to make it through a Vanderpump Rules season nine. I'm hoping that they at least acknowledge everything that happened in the last two years and the people who weren't asked back and the fact that they still have friendships with them, but maybe they won't be on camera, just to kind of like set it all out there. Um, but you know, I don't know, we'll, we'll see how it goes. If it, if it doesn't work, then, you know, and they've had all this time to think about how it could work, then it's probably dead, you know?
0: Yeah, exactly. What I say to people, it's like when you're a kid and like, you have to eat broccoli at dinner or like a food you never tried, it's like, Oh, try it. Like you might like it. And if you don't like it, like you don't have to eat it again, but you tried it. So I'm going to take that <laughs> approach with <for> this season. <laughs>
1: I hope it's better than broccoli.
0: <laughs> oh my God. Right. I don't mind broccoli, but there's gotta be like a lot of garlic and oil and like Parmesan cheese. Oh, pepper. Active. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So for one more piece of Bravo tea that we have that you and I know is probably not any real tea, but people are talking, people are saying that Brielle Beerman might be on the next season of summer house, which I don't buy. And I think it's just. I think that someone started this rumor because it was the same day um, that Don't Be Tardy was announced that it was canceled. So I think someone saw, oh, like, here's an opportunity. I'm going to strike while the iron's hot and get more likes on my page or whatever. That's probably, probably mean to say, but like, that's just what no, I think. No,
1: I think she or someone in her team may have started that rumor. That doesn't sound like ooh. anything that would really happen. Yeah, it just seems like something that they would start or they would do, but she does not fit in the kind no. of type of, you know, folks from summer house. She doesn't live in New York. She doesn't have a job like that. I'm familiar with, you know, and the thing that makes summer house so appealing is that they all have the majority of them, like jobs that they have like during the day for companies and things like that. And so it's just, it's just really interesting um, that she would think that that would be some like she would fit in and Vanderpump rules way more than yes. on something like summer house.
0: Exactly. And also like after watching Don't Be Tardy, like Brielle's not the most, I don't find her that interesting.
1: Right. I it's the, Ariana it's the family. Was more
0: interesting than family. Yeah. Um, and they were trying to say that she would come on as Sierra's friend, but then someone looked into it and it's like, they don't even know each other apparently, or they don't follow each other. So it's just, I don't know. It's amazing. The stuff that gets spread around like wildfire. Totally. Well, on that note, Summer House left off on a very crazy ending. So you ready to recap reunion part two?
1: I am ready.
0: Okay, so we jump back into things and Kyle walked off. So he's like the first person on this cast, like in the reunion to walk off. Uh, What did you think of that? Because the reason why he walked off was because Hannah said, basically said she apologized because of his ego. So did you agree with him walking off? Like, what are your thoughts?
1: I mean, I don't know if I agree with him walking off, but I can understand why he'd be so frustrated. I mean, she has something in her head um, that, you know, Kyle's not a nice guy and Kyle is out to get me. Kyle doesn't like me and he's here to make my life. He's wants to destroy me. And I don't think that anyone else believes in that narrative besides Hannah. And so everything she like paints through this narrative that I don't think anyone else sees. And so it must be so frustrating when he's saying, you're not, you know, helping with chores around the house. Like, I do believe he means take out the goddamn trash, right? I don't think he's trying to say like, you're not pulling your weight on this franchise or I got this, you this job or, or or anything regarding an ego. It's like, they're sort of almost like Gen Z style, you know, kind of a lot of them, I think live off a lot of their parents' wealth and don't really have ever had to really work like, and all the money that they make is like, I'm trying to find the right words. I feel like their lives have been supplemented and I feel like Kyle has always worked. And I think the work ethic is not the same if you look at Hannah and Paige and then you look at Kyle and Carl and like goddamn Danielle, Lindsay, like the work ethic is not the same. So they're working harder and they're working longer and they're pulling their weight around the house, and then you've got people who are just like laying in their beds on their phones doing nothing and not contributing, like that would annoy the shit out of me.
0: Yeah. And I'm glad that you said that it frustrated you because I was in a clubhouse the other day and people right away were like, he just walked off for attention. And I'm like, okay, I get that the walk off is like dramatic, but I agree. I saw that frustration in his eyes and he's like, got this girl coming at him where she's just been like spiraling this whole season. Like she's had it out for him and it all just came to a head. And I feel like he had to just get off and collect himself for a few seconds.
1: And if you listen to him on podcasts for the last few months, he has exercised a lot of restraint when asked about Hannah, when having to talk through thing, things, I think I appreciated Lindsay walking off with him and telling him, I understand you're frustrated, but you got to walk off in your mind, not physically. And you breathe through it. I think he's just so frustrated with Hannah's bullshit and it, it's just, I think, I think he also has a temper, right?
0: Yeah. And it's one thing for Hannah to come at him, but she's been attacking both him and now his fiance. And that adds a next like ingredient into the angry pot, if you will. And then I liked how you mentioned Lindsay, because that was actually my next point. I like this dynamic between Lindsay and Kyle. It feels like when things get hot, she's able to like, talk him out of it, you know, what are you grateful for? And like going up there was very reminiscent of that moment. So I'm kind of liking that dynamic between them.
1: Totally. You can tell that their friendship runs deep and that they truly respect each other as equals, like as colleagues, as people who've been on the show, as friends, as business people, like their respect for each other is, is enormous and, and it shines through
0: yeah definitely so it's like that original cast that feels like a true friendship and I know they touched on this a little bit in the last part of the reunion that almost like a fake friendship between like Hannah and everyone like why are you on the show if you're all pretending to be our friends and it's just we as viewers can see that divide and it's just frustrating at times even though she's really one of the only cast members her and Paige essentially and possibly Ciara who's was casted but has stuck around because remember like Ami and Jordan and all that like they didn't go anywhere. So that's just interesting but yeah, I definitely see that true friendship between the OGs. I'm like, we appreciate that. I think that's what that's what's really keeping this show like on its feet and keeping it solid.
1: Yeah, that and the fact that they have real lives that don't revolve around the show. Like, that's what's interesting. They're not like them. I don't think the majority of the money that they make is from the show. Maybe there's a lot in ad money and things like that. But Lindsay has her own PR firm. Like, that is amazing. You know, Kyle, Carl, you know, Amanda all work at a startup, you know, Danielle works for like big tech finance, you know, like they all have these things that they're doing year round, regardless of if the show is on or if it's filming
0: yeah that's great one cast member we saw a lot of growth from this season is carl but it was obviously a very difficult summer for him so he lost his brother he was going through his own journey with sobriety and then he revealed at the reunion he had a relapse and it was again another great friendship from the group it was kyle being there for him and telling him he loved him that was you know what got him going again so how, like, how did that make you feel hearing that? Like, as a viewer, that was just, I remember I was like sitting there just stunned almost in tears. Like, it's so powerful.
1: It was so powerful. It was also interesting because Carl had said he was like, kind of dancing around sobriety. Like he was drinking less. He was drinking not to get drunk. He was doing all of these things, but not being fully sober. He wasn't, I don't think he was ready or comfortable with the idea of that. And then, you know, I mean, December and January are tough times for many people, um, especially if you've lost a close family member, you know, Christmas time, you know, that all of that New Year's can be really tough. And so I can only imagine what it was like having the first Christmas with his family and like, plus with COVID and people are separated and everything is just like so dark and so scary. I could see how someone would, you know, kind of go back to some of their old ways. And it sounds like he went on a bender for multiple days at a time. And a good friend knows when, you know, like Kyle, I'm sure could tell Carl was kind of back at it. And I think he was concerned as a friend and going there and saying, this isn't about lover boy. Like forget lover boy, forget everything. Like, I love you. That, that's just such an amazing thing. And it sounds like it gave Carl the strength um, to be able to make some choices.
0: So yeah, now Carl revealed at the reunion he was 92 days sober from that point. And I feel like I'm so proud of him. We've seen the evolution of Carl on the show. I was never season one, I was like, I can't stand this guy. He's a jerk. And now I'm just like, ooh, you're looking kind of good, Carlito. <laughs>
1: Yeah. And he said, part of the difference is also he's gone to therapy. And I think you can really tell what's interesting is I've heard in interviews, um, like with Kyle and Amanda, that they always knew this other side of Kyle, Carl, and they also always, they knew about his brother and that whole dynamic, but that's not something that Carl was ever comfortable sharing necessarily with like everyone in the house or sharing on camera. And so I think you know, when you're dealing with a family member that has substance abuse um, issues, it, I, I don't know. I'm sure he used also would like, you know, use substances to try and escape from that reality and, you know, act out and and that kind of stuff. And so it it is interesting to see him kind of come full circle, like actually acknowledge that he has a problem, that his brother had a problem, that he wants to stop this cycle. And um, it's just a beautiful thing to see.
0: Yeah. And I can understand how he might want to hide that, but I'm sure there are so many people watching who have gone through something similar with a family member or maybe with themselves and now he's helped them. So I just hope he, and I'm sure he does know that, but I hope he knows that because this is just a beautiful thing to see, as you said.
1: It really is. And I like when, um, on these shows, on any of these shows, the more people are authentic, the more they open up, the more they share. I think the more audience connects with them, even if what they're sharing isn't pretty, Right. If they're talking about um, difficulty in a marriage, like unmarried to medicine, if they're talking about a problem like with their mom or just all, all kinds of stuff, people connect. And I think the more honest and authentic people are and the more they show their, show their entire lives rather than what they think the audience wants to see, the more we actually receive them well.
0: That's a great point, and I think that's a huge part of the issue that Hannah had this season, because even though she did have issues with Luke, and that part was real, I think after that, it was just with introducing Dez and, like, picking fights with Kyle, it was just the mindset, how can I stay on
1: the show? How can I manufacture drama? And Hannah just doesn't seem to have a sense of who she is, like, as a person. You know, she was this tennis player and she identified as this tennis player and that was her entire life. And it seems like in the absence of playing tennis, she's not quite sure who she is. Right. So then she decides on comedian, but you know, and then with COVID happening, like no one's actually going and doing stand up anywhere. Like what has happened to comedy and the way, you know, and and what do you mean by comedian? Are you a content creator? Are you a joke writer? Are you a writer? Like, I don't think she has a good sense of who she is but yet she projects so much confidence and now we know that it's all mainly insecurity and she's just trying to show that she is this confident woman but she isn't a confident woman.
0: Oh my god I have chills like you're freaking Dr. Mandy over here and you should like analyze my life. That was so
1: damn good. You know, so it's, it's hard for us to, I think, connect with her because we don't know who she is because she doesn't know who she is. And she's afraid to let us see any real part of her.
0: Okay. Let me ask you. So saying all that, and now obviously she's watched this all back. Do you think she's the type of person who will take that all in and be like, "Uh Oh, I got some work to do, um, and come back next season and give us the real Hannah, or do you think it's just not going to happen?
1: I don't think it's going to happen. And I think it's because she is a little bit too narcissistic. And I think she's also too into the idea of Summer House as a show rather than the actual authentic friendships. And without those true friendships, I don't know how she can be good on that show. I mean, there is... um, a podcast episode that Luke did with Chanel in the city that I highly recommend everyone listen to. It was a really good kind of foray into kind of what has been going on behind the scenes, but he would say that he would go get dinner with the cast and Hannah would show up. She would get a picture taken with everyone. She would post it on Instagram and then she would leave. She wouldn't even stay to eat. And so like, she didn't seem to really try to have real relationships with the cast. And then you hear when this um, season five started, they were all talking about New Year's Eve and how she wasn't invited to their New Year's Eve. And it's like, they all got together, everyone but Hannah, but she's the one that's not putting an effort in into these friendships.
0: Yeah, it seems like she does better on like a Bravo chat room where it's just strictly delivering news and recaps to people. And not having, like just having to interact with the host, but not having to go that deep with them.
1: I don't know. I don't even think she does well. On- <laughs> <That's so> <laughs> <funny>. <laughs> a- I love that. I that. Mean, she's the worst on that. I can't even oh watch God, it because so of her. Funny. I just don't think anything she says is based in anything. Like, I don't know who she is as a person. And so I don't really want to hear her opinions because Like, I don't know where they're coming from. When you hear Portia give an opinion, you have a sense of things she's like been through in life and where she is right now and where her values are. And so when she's like giving her commentary on something, you kind of like know what lens she's giving it through. And, you know, with Kate Chastain, she was so good on it before she left. And with Hannah, it's like, I don't know why she says what she says. I don't think she knows why she says what she says. It's so hard to connect with her.
0: Oh my God, I love you. Like, you just dropped a real <laughs> bomb on everyone.
1: <laughs> she's just so eager to be liked, but she, I think people would like her more if she was just who she is. Yeah.
0: Yeah. You know? Hannah, get and with it? And maybe Paige
1: is the only one that sees her in her true, authentic self. You know? And here's
0: my thing with Paige. I kind of get that vibe from Paige too, not in a sense that she doesn't know who she is, but like, I feel I don't like watching her anymore. It's not enjoyable to me. Like, I feel like it's very shallow. And then on the reunion, when she said, I don't call Hannah out because I'm not her mom, I'm like, you are the world's shittiest friend if you are not calling your friend out on their BS. Like, it's one thing to maybe not do it in front of everyone and take them to the side and do it, but to just let her act a fool. You're not only doing a disservice to like everyone else, but you're doing a disservice to your friend by letting him act that way. So like I've had feelings for like about Paige this whole season too. I think she's on a steady decline.
1: I know it's because she's not sharing her true opinions, and you know she has them, right? And I think she's also very calculating, um, not just for the show, but to try and kind of keep peace with everyone. She really watches what she says and, and how she says it and, and things like that. But with Hannah, I mean, I'm not trying to give her a pass, but I think Hannah is a true narcissist, and it's really difficult to be friends with someone like that because because they get angry very easily. And when they're angry, it's scary. And so you just try to avoid situations where this friend could be angered. And so, you know, I think Paige has been friends with her long enough that she has like, she's thinking about like, okay, there's a minefield and I know exactly where all the mines are and I know how to avoid them. And I can like be friends with her as long as we just don't step on these areas. And she's navigated the friendship that way. And I think it's happened for so long that she doesn't even see it as something wrong with it. Like she doesn't even probably realize that she's walking on eggshells all the time.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I couldn't live like that. And it's funny because Hannah formed a new friendship this season with Sierra, but I'm feeling like that friendship was just like, you hate this guy, I hate this guy. Like, let's be friends. And also in a way, Hannah kind of sabotaged any sort of relationship they had.
1: Definitely. And I, I don't doubt that they're friends, but, um, you know, I also think Sierra was probably longing for friendship and for human contact after working in the ICU, all those long hours and, you know, not really able to have any contact other than through her work. So I'm sure, you know, being like accepted and I'm sure that they have a real friendship. Um but i know that it started off in a in a weird way
0: yeah and also with like the whole how narcissists work which like you know like they yeah. get obsessed at first and then they pull away so we might be in that obsessive stage
1: yeah i think so ooh I I wouldn't want to be Sierra in this situation.
0: (laughs) I know. I love her. Let's talk about her for a little bit. So she set her boundaries with Luke, which was brought up in the reunion, saying, you know, don't text me so much or don't text me so much. Don't text me at all after 9 p.m. And a lot of people, I think, were fixated on the time being like, that's so stupid. Like 9 p.m. I text my friends after 9 all the time. And I'm like, no, it's not so much the number as she knows like they've been in the house all day together if he really wants her, he can knock on her door and like ask an important question like this is clearly a booty call context like there's no reason to be texting anyone else in the same house where you've spent all day you know
1: I think that they have had boundary issues before. And so she is trying to set them now, but she's setting them almost too late where then it's confusing to him and she's not giving him background or context. What I would have loved, and maybe they had conversations that we didn't see, although I doubt it because they would have been so interesting. I feel like they would have made their way into the show, but it would have been really nice to hear them talk about, hey, remember when like I went to Minnesota two different times and after the second time you ghosted me for eight months? Like, I don't feel that safe around you. Like, I don't want to enter into a close friendship or otherwise. And so I would respect if we could just keep it cordial and like, I don't feel like getting close to you. You know, like say why explain yourself. And then I think he would totally understand, but without explaining it to him, um, just abruptly changing your behavior towards someone. Mm -hmm. It's, it's tough. I get, I get why she did what she did, but I wish she communicated it in a way that he could understand and that the audience could understand because from the background that we were given, none of it made sense.
0: Right. And it was interesting about the whole ghosting thing that we weren't told about that until the reunion. So like you, I'm wondering if there were conversations that didn't make it into the show. If this was strategy on producers part to be like, we need to get them drawn into the reunion somehow. I don't know what was going on there. Cause I wanted to know about that. Same. And like not That I'm saying like why would she do that but it's just so interesting like she was ghosted and then she came into this she went to the house with him so I'm wondering if there was a reconciliation like what the whole dynamic was behind that I feel like we would have gotten more insight into their relationship and I think it would have made more interesting for the whole love triangle story you know, so last week on my episode, I called this Hannah, Luke, and Sierra love triangle an obtuse love triangle, not an <laughs> equilateral, because there wasn't equal love. Like, the big angle was all Hannah, and then it was, like, the next big was Luke, and then the little one was Sierra, but, like, maybe we would have had an acute triangle.
1: Had we known the the background and the history. Exactly. What I wonder is if, like, production was like, hey, everyone, give us a list of people that you think, like could come into the house or that might be interested. Right. And then like on his list was Sierra. And then if she was chosen, he could be like, Hey, you know, this is a great option for, you know, to promote your modeling career or to get followers on Instagram and like promote your brand. And like, this is what I've done with my platform on summer house. I think you'd really enjoy it. Come on. Like they'd, they'd bring you on as my friend, you know? So I think she made a business decision to do this. Um, to give herself, you know, uh, some attention so that she could do other things, right, with that platform. So I don't necessarily buy, like, she went on just to hook up with him for the summer and and whatever. But the fact that we didn't really see any sit-down conversations between the two of them, she just got frustrated, makes me feel like she doesn't talk through her feelings Yeah, much. And we know he's not great at talking through them oh in a way God, that no. makes sense. He's very circular.
0: Yes. And it's just, it's funny because you said it was a business move, which that I agree with completely. Like, they're not going to tell us as viewers that. But I know if she's anything like me who has been with someone who's been toyed around with, like, there's got to be some antsy, like, little bit of her that's like, okay, like, he's inviting me to come to this house. Like, maybe we could have some fun this summer. Like, maybe the thought lived in the back of her mind. Like, so would it just been interesting to get that background?
1: It would have, but I also feel like once she found out stuff about Hannah, I think. Oh yeah. She painted Luke in this like I, this way, and then any guy that's ever messed with her, like, they took all that energy and they put mm-hmm. that on Luke, and not just the fraction that he messed with her, but like everything. Mm-hmm. I felt like it was a lot of energy coming at him, without ever having a conversation. Yeah. So to me that just spelled like that they're they're more immature. You see the other folks in the house. Like even when Lindsay gets activated, she can like the next day psychoanalyze herself and say, "Okay, this is why I'm doing what I'm doing. I need I know I shouldn't be doing this." Like she can take a step back. It's it feels like Hannah and Sierra weren't even like trying, I don't know, they weren't trying to understand why they were behaving the way they were.
0: Yeah. Now that's a really good point. Okay, let's shift gears over to the psychic rumor, psychic in quotes, about uh, Luke and Lindsay hooking up. And there's a couple of things I wanted to point out about it. Number one is Hannah, of course, like, oh, I was joking or, oh, it's not that serious. Her lack of accountability for anything comes out once again. And I thought it was great that Lindsay clarified the don't you know who I am line, because I don't know about you, but when I was watching that, I'm like, okay, you're Lindsey Hubbard, and but when in reality it was like, I'm a loyal person, I would never cheat on Strabby.
1: Yeah, and I could see that why she'd be so upset. I think she wasn't upset about the rumor as much as it was an accusation that she had cheated. And that is something that she takes very seriously. And the fact that they like just glossed over that part of it as if it wasn't a serious accusation to make about someone, just shows how little understanding they have of who she is as a person and why this would bother her so much.
0: Yeah, and like, it's also just Hannah chasing after a storyline again, like doing anything to be relevant.
1: I think also there is this, she did have so much um, Hannah, I think, like, ownership over Luke like he's mine mm-hmm. like he's my friend like mm-hmm. I'm closest to him he tells me everything you guys don't get close to him now that we're in the off season like you're not the ones that were there for him so then when she finds out that he went to Lindsay's New Year's party and he kissed Danielle or whatever it was, she just like, it's like, she's angry about it. And so she wants to get back at them. And so I think this is her form of getting back at them, but then she cloaks it in, oh, I was just joking. And I loved that Carl said, you know, you guys always say, oh, cause you're comedians and put it in quotes, but <laughs> it's not funny. The, this is our real lives. Like you always say, it's a joke. Not everything's a meme.
0: Right. So do you think that this whole thing A, was a psychic or do you think it was producers? And would you trust if you were to get a DM, let's say from a psychic, like, would you trust that?
1: No, I would not trust that. And I also (laughs) do not think it was producers. I do think they get tons of DMs. I'm sure when you have a certain number of followers, a lot of
0: people,
1: I get DMs and like, I don't even think I've hit a thousand followers on Instagram, (laughs) (laughs) you know? um, And I love getting DMs from people. I think it's amazing. I love talking to folks, but um, I don't know. I don't know why she chose this to bring up.
0: Yeah, I think it just furthered her storyline or added more fuel to her Luke fire.
1: Yeah, I think it- She was just very angry with Luke and she wanted everyone else to hate him also.
0: It's almost like Kristen Doty with Tom Sandoval. And it's like Miami girl. Miami
1: "Ah." girl. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs)
0: Got you. Like
1: just just totally
0: unhinged. Yeah. Yeah. And she doesn't realize like in her head, she probably thinks she's doing something great, but she doesn't realize it's like, Ooh, you kind of suck. (laughs) There's no other way to put it.
1: Right. But everyone got dragged along for the ride. I mean, Carl and Kyle were saying, you know, you need to listen to Hannah. And I do think they had a point like when someone tells you that their feelings were hurt, you need to acknowledge that regardless of what your intention was, but how far everyone pushed it and making him feel like he wasn't wanted in the house. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's, you know, during a time of complete isolation with COVID to then be further isolated within the one like community that you have is a lot to deal with mentally, I think. So it was clear that he was pushed to his breaking point.
0: Yeah, that was definitely tough to see. One more thing I want to say about this was I loved how Danielle stuck up for Lindsay. Like Danielle has been absolutely killing it this reunion. Do you hope that because obviously she was a cast member previously and then she got demoted to friend of, do you hope that they'll bring her back up? Do you think she's not doing it because of work? What are your thoughts?
1: I think work has a huge part to play in it because I don't know if she can like make all of the, like sometimes she, back when it was season four, sometimes she would come late or leave early or like, you know, like she wasn't able to be there for everything because she does have such a demanding job, but I think she's incredible. I think so many people are drawn to her and we need her sort of level headedness and that sort of energy plus her real connections to people and then now with Robert it's like I think this coming summer we want to see their love we saw the beginning of it and we're invested in them as a couple
0: yeah and she thinks he's the one so and he's a really great one she hit the freaking lottery
1: he seems lovely. And it seems to like have progressed in a way that makes a lot of sense, you know, healthy. Yeah, they started off slow, but then with COVID it's like, you decide like, Hey, I guess we're going to move in together. Cause like, what else are we going to do? You know? Yeah. And, um, and I, I don't know. It's just interesting because I think, I don't know what production thought or, or what Hannah thought, but I think they assumed that we would be bought in on Hannah and Des and like next season want to See that play out, but like, there's nothing I'd rather not see, you know, (laughs) right? But with this, like, quieter guy, Robert, I actually who's forming real friendships with this group, like, that's what we want to see, I think, as viewers
0: exactly so this is a good time to talk about the disrespect of it all
1: oh god
0: (laughs) yeah so we go into a lot about them from the timeline to everyone being like you know it was a little fishy you were still hurt over luke when you were talking to this other guy That I don't necessarily agree with, but one thing that Luke brought up, he's like, you know, you drug me through the mud. And that was an interesting thing to hear because it's like, yeah, I guess if she already was seeing someone else and she goes on the show and she pretends, or not necessarily pretends she was definitely really hurt by Luke, but she causes all this drama with Luke and she's seeing someone else. Like, I can understand how he would be hurt by that, but to that I say when you're single right sometimes you're playing the field and you have like your front runner in your mind and if it like oh it works out with this guy I'm gonna leave guy two three and four not leave because you're not dating like I'll just stop answering their texts or whatever politely end it and I feel like Luke was Hannah's front runner and like Des was in like second place and then she saw things crash and burn with Luke and Des is clearly like willing and eager to be with her. So she hopped on the des train. So that's what I think played out. What do you think?
1: I do not think Luke was on the front runner for Hannah. I think she tried to manufacture how much she liked him from season four (laughs) into season five, forgetting that an entire year passed. And they were not as close that entire year. Now, here's what I think happened. When season four started airing and lockdown started, right, Mm -hmm. in New York City and everything, I think they started talking a lot more because this was his time being on the show. And he's, like, all of a sudden getting all these Instagram followers and people are talking about him and he's trying to, you know – yeah. He doesn't he doesn't know, mean, like, grapple with the fact that people say things about him in their confessionals that they don't say to his face. You know, so, like it's I'm sure it's not an easy thing um to watch back, right? Yeah, and his closest person on the show was Hannah. And so I'm sure he leaned on her during that time. She may have taken it a certain way, but it sounds like he had set boundaries. Like we are not together. We are not a couple, you know, and she, was dating a lot of people, but I think she thought, well, those people aren't gonna be on the show. So I might as well try and keep something going with Luke so that I can be relevant on the show. But I don't know. I, I didn't feel like she authentically liked him.
0: That's interesting. As, I don't know
1: as much, but then when he broke the fourth wall and said, oh, producers kind of got in my ear about inviting you to Minnesota at the end of season four. And that's not something I was really wanting to do. Then she completely broke down and was like, you're the one I trusted. And so I feel like they had this close bond, but I feel like she was lying and being very inauthentic about timelines and about the closeness and when they were so close.
0: Interesting. I just see it, so as a reformed messy person, I just see it as like when you've got that guy, Luke, let's face it, even though I'm not the biggest fan of him this season, He's gorgeous. He looks like, you know, Zeus kissed him and he fell out of the sky. (laughs) So she's probably like- Except in the
1: cast photo. He does not look in the cast photo and it's super weird.
0: (laughs) Yeah, right? They did him dirty with that one. Yeah, so she's probably like, this guy is perfect. And he was interested in her at one point. So maybe she's blind to the fact like he could be setting boundaries or he could be doing it in like a guy way where it's, they're not so clear about things and she could be blinded like, no, but there's, I still have a chance and was hoping that that chance would happen on the show. And maybe the cameras would recreate that mood from season four. And like, she could put Dez on the back burner, but clearly now they're engaged. (laughs) I
1: don't even know what to make of that.
0: What a freaking mess. So I came into Des with a clear mind on this show. And then he opened up his mouth for like the first five seconds. And I was like, no, this guy.
1: Well, it just feels like their relationship is some of it is based off lies. Like she Mm -hmm. doesn't let him watch the show. So the only thing he knows about other people are what she's told him. So he's never seen the show and he's not watching the season of the show. So (laughs) I don't know. Like if I was on a TV show, like I'm sure I wouldn't want my partner to watch it. Like, why wouldn't they? That's just such a, when she said that, I was like, this is effed up.
0: That's so weird.
1: Something's weird.
0: It's like Shady McShaderson. She's clearly trying to keep him on the Hannah channel, if you will, Mm -hmm. drinking the Hannah Kool-Aid. And it's, it's manipulative. It's narcissistic as we spoke about.
1: Yeah, I don't know. It just, it doesn't make sense for her going after Luke hurting her feelings considering she was shuffling all these different guys the way that she's accusing him of shuffling women.
0: Yeah, that's fair. That's definitely a fair take. I just definitely think I'm still of the nature that Luke did lead her on a little bit. And I think with the producer comment, I think that's an easy, like, well, the producers made me do it. I don't know if it's rooted in
1: 100% truth. I think there might be some truth to it, but I think it's an easy cop-out. He also, like... I, I do think he wanted her to go to Minnesota. Like, I do think he likes to invite people who are close to him, whether they're close to him in like a sexual or romantic relationship yeah. or just close as friendship. I think he likes to show people his lake house. It's like such a nice getaway. It's so different from the city. It's just you know, I'm from Minnesota. So I like, you know, I think it's like a beautiful treasure and a lot of people haven't been there and they think it's a flyover state and they don't know how wonderful it is. So I could see how he would want to bring people there and also to meet his family and like see his life. I get it. Um, He should have never shared that reunion. Oh my There was no benefit to it. I think he was after watching the season, I think most viewers saw that, as much as he let her on last season, she blew it all up this season. And so they are both at fault for parts of it and how messy it got, but she was very cruel to him and it wasn't enough that she was upset. She wanted to turn everyone else against him. And that's the part that I think is, it's just a very mean and cruel thing to do. Yes. Um, it reminds me of when everyone decided they didn't like Jules and then they made her feel like yeah, the outsider. Like, that. Like, why do you have to constantly pick on one person who's clearly having a tough time and make them, like, it just never works out. Also,
0: I think he should just freaking own up to the fact that he liked her. Like, we've all had that one person that we're like, okay, I like them. And it's maybe it wasn't my best choice in people, but now I don't like them anymore. I think if he did that at the reunion and just owned up to it and moved on, like we would have had a very different reunion, which is good and bad.
1: Yeah. I also think he tends to have kind of relationships and friendships that cross many boundaries that, mm-hmm. um, you know, many people in their thirties don't have anymore. Yeah, you know, like once you're 36 or whatever, most people aren't having a platonic friendship with a guy who calls them at unusual hours and shares really personal things with them and like, you know, kind of has that sort of emotional bond. Mm -hmm. Um, He definitely, I think, confuses people
0: hundred percent. So do you think he's going to get any backlash for breaking the fourth wall or bringing producers into it?
1: Who knows? I mean, Andy was like, that's not, that didn't happen because I don't think they actually say you have to do this. They may say like, oh, if you really like her, you should invite her to Minnesota. And then he thinks, well, if they suggested it to me, it means that I have to say it because I'm, he's not familiar with how this game is played and how this reality show is different than other reality shows, you know? Um, but yeah, I don't I don't know. I also think that maybe they don't think he's the smartest guy. And so <laughs> they don't wanna blame him if he like is like not sure what he's supposed to say or not say or do or not do. Right. So I don't know, but I feel like he's um, made himself more integral to the cast because he's gotten closer with them following the show. Yeah.
0: Luke and everyone else has a stronger bond than either Paige and Hannah do, So, which we kind of touched on before. So it would be, if he was to face any backlash, I don't think it would be dropping him from the show because I feel like they'd be shooting themselves in the foot. And he was invited
1: to Winterhouse. Yeah, and so was Paige, right? Yeah. Without Hannah. So, so Paige is... Real in is Amanda. And that's someone we haven't really talked about much yes. yet, but that's oh man, I have list. so many thoughts. So many thoughts.
0: <laughs> that's actually on my list. Perfect segue. So once Hannah admits to hooking up with Des in Kyle and Amanda's bathroom, that's kind of where we really get Amanda out in full force and we learn that Hannah never told uh, Amanda about her engagement, which is so screwed up. I think that's so plotted, so petty, like, well, you didn't have me as a bridesmaid, so now I'm not going to tell you about my engagement, which is like not equivalent on any levels. And when Amanda tried to be the bigger person and reach out to her about it. She called her and Hannah said, oh, I'm at the DMV or something like that and never bothered to call her back. And of course, Kyle's mad about that. And Hannah goes out and says that Kyle never congratulated her. And just it's Hannah's like stirring the pot and stirring the pot. And it's clear Amanda's just done, right?
1: Done. And I think what's so interesting is that Amanda forgave Hannah
0: for Mm -hmm. all of
1: season five, like after it aired, right? Yeah, Because the fall and then the winter and February was when uh, Summer House season five started airing. And it sounded like Hannah and Amanda were on speaking terms. They were friendly, they were talking. And so it wasn't until the show was airing and the things that Hannah was doing off of the show when Amanda finally was like, this is it. Like, I cannot do this anymore because Hannah said so many nasty things in her confessionals about Amanda and Kyle and Amanda never said anything bad about Hannah. Not not remotely close. And so Amanda's finally realizing this girl is only out for herself. She only cares about her image. She doesn't really care about our friendship. Mm -hmm. And I need to cut my losses and protect myself.
0: And good for her for realizing that because I know when you're in situations with someone when you've just been like what you thought was a good friend to one another, and then to lose someone like that and realize all the crappy things, it's hard because part of you remembers all the good times you had and you want to reconcile and just move on. But good for her for realizing this is like a never ending cycle. And clearly, if this person is now not telling me about a big event in her life, is going to press and saying that she never got congratulated by my fiance when that was her own doing. And that was major gaslighting on Amanda's part, not Amanda, sorry, Hannah, Hannah's part. (laughs) It's just like, what else is Amanda to do, but to end it?
1: And you know, what is also so hard is the fact that she told Sierra about the engagement, but didn't tell Amanda. So like a new friend that you've only known for less than a year, and you're telling her something incredibly private that you only are telling Paige and your like immediate family and you're not telling Amanda. And Amanda is someone that has been so fiercely loyal to the people in her life, so loyal to Kyle, so loyal to uh, all of her friends and family. Yeah, she never, I mean, you, she's someone that you could tell would take a secret to the grave. Yes. And so like, it's clear that you could trust Amanda. She's not gonna tell the press. She's not gonna spill that you're engaged. And you chose not to tell her to hurt her. And I think Hannah did so many things this season and after the season to hurt others. A lot of why she does what she does is to cause pain. Mm -hmm. But in her mind, because she's a narcissist, she doesn't cause pain. She has pain caused to her. She's the victim always. And so. She can't understand when all these people are sitting around and saying, you hurt me. These things that you did aren't okay. She's like, no, 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 that's not, that's not the conversation we're having. The conversation we're having is how Kyle is out to destroy me. Yeah. And it's just a wild thing to witness.
0: Oh yeah. I feel like we have all been on a crazy roller coaster and like we got off and we're trying to find our footing. Like we're not living it, you know? So I can only imagine the pain and the hurt that Amanda must be feeling. And I'm sure Kyle feels, I mean, I know he feels more frustration, but he's got to feel a touch of hurt too, because someone's screwing with his fiance's feelings.
1: Totally. And I think that's where it comes from. He is so, he's like, how could you do this to her? Mm -hmm. How could you do this to her? Like, forget me. Like, you're doing it to her. And all of the excuses that Hannah gave were about Kyle, not about Amanda. Yeah. I don't know. It's like we were watching Hannah's unraveling. What I'm interested in to see moving forward. I feel like Bravo put a lot of weight behind Hannah Burner and her personality. They had her on Bravo chat room. You know, they're having her on Summer House and she's like fizzling out in terms of the friendships. Like they bet on her. Of all the people on Summer House, they had her be on chat room. And maybe it's cause she's like one of the only ones that doesn't have like a job during the day, you know, where she has to be somewhere between 8.30 and 5.30 PM or whatever. But right. what about Paige?
0: Paige could have easily done it. I think with their casting choices for all of that is like nowadays when people are looking for a host, they just look for someone who's themselves. It's less about being the polished Brian Seacrest that we all know and love and more about what are we going to give, which is so funny because before we said that Hannah doesn't really know herself, but she's quick witted. She knows how to play it up for the camera. So I think they were just looking at that, whereas Paige has been more reserved and more hotty-totty for like lack of a better way to put it but mm-hmm. Hannah or not Hannah Page did a, a little short I think it was on Instagram or somewhere where she was talking about her look I it was either reunion looks or something like that or critiquing looks or something like that and it was the cutest thing ever and I'm like oh my god she would be good on chat room
1: I think so I think if you're going to choose someone and you want someone who's free during the day yeah <laughs> like, to film then go with go with the page. um I I don't know. I, the whole, it just boggles my mind why they chose to put Hannah on chat room. The only, one of the only reasons I watched was for um, Kate Chastain, who I absolutely adore. And then when she left, I was like, ooh, I don't like this dynamic anymore. And I also don't like when people are able to comment on the shows that are airing that they're on. I feel like Portia shouldn't be able to comment on Atlanta. I don't think it's fair for Giselle to comment on Potomac because they get an additional time to like share their side that the rest of the cast doesn't and so their narrative gets put out there more and I don't think that that's necessarily fair and they also have like they're not giving honest objective commentary you can't be objective when it's your show so I would much rather watch people on chat room who aren't currently on Bravo or you know, previous like talent, I think would be where I would go with it.
0: Um, Destiny from Shaw's would be so much fun on chat room. She was on the people's couch too. Oh, bring back the people's couch. I know (laughs) it was such a good show. That's literally what it all comes back to at the end of the day. That's
1: what it comes (laughs) down to is that they should have never done chat room. It should have been people's couch. Exactly.
0: (laughs) So to tie off this reunion in a nice little bow, a lover boy printed bow, what do we think is the future for next season? So if they choose to, do you think Hannah's going to come back? And if she does, like, what the heck is going to happen between her and everyone?
1: I have no idea if she's going to come back. I could see it going either way. Yeah. And um it would be interesting either way. What I think has the possibility of happening is so I think Winter House is going to air before Summer House starts filming. And I think they're going to see the reaction to Winter House. And I know there are some new castmates who haven't been on other shows who are on Winter House.
0: By the way. And
1: I think (laughs) they may choose some of them to be on Summer House. And I could also see if, like, for example, if Sierra is dating Austin, I could see Austin coming up to New York for the summer. I think people are so hungry for that crossover. You saw the craziness in Turks and Caicos. Oh my God. Like we are hungry to see, to (laughs) see. People from different franchises, like, interacting.
0: Yeah. So is the Sierra Austin thing, like, true? Because I heard it was and it wasn't. And now he was spotted with Madison again.
1: Who knows? I mean, yeah. I have no idea what's true or not true. I do think Lindsay is with the guy yes. from The Winter House. That I think is yes, real agree. and for sure. I think it's beneficial to Austin for people to think he's with Sierra and it's beneficial for Paige to, for people to think she's with Craig. And so I think they're drumming this up, um, for interest, but, but we'll see, we'll see what happens. I, I think summer house is, I don't see it going down downhill the way that I think like Vanderpump sort of has because Mm -hmm. solely because I don't think they get the majority of their money from doing this show Mm -hmm. they work and they have jobs and those jobs are primarily their life right yeah and the show is an aspect of their life but it's not the only central thing and so it was really hard to keep the premise of vanderpump rules of these like broke waitresses or wait staff when they started making all this money from the show. But the premise of Summer House is just a group of friends that all work in the city, going out to the Hamptons in the summer on weekends. Yeah. And there's nothing that has to change. Like that can continue to happen. And so I think it will continue to be amazing. I think we love this group of friends. I think we're interested to see them grow up. And um, I don't think we need to necessarily get a ton of new young people. I like I like sort of the age it's at with like Me upper twenties to upper thirties.
0: Me too. I no offense to the twenty-one year olds out there, but like not interested. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so now it's time to hear from you, listening for. That's my opinion. Yes, that's my opinion. So first we have at Bravo Enthusiast on Instagram who says. Summer House went from a snooze fest to one of the best Bravo shows and Lindsay Hubbard can never leave the show. We need her crazy ass, LOL. What do you think?
1: hundred percent. I absolutely think she is a central, central part of that cast.
0: Agreed. Even though, you know, sometimes as we discuss, she can get activated and it's like, woo, what are you doing? She is very self-aware. And you know what? You got to be, if nothing in life, but self-aware
1: right? And even if she's not self-aware, she's very watchable.
0: Yes. And,
1: and I think she's very relatable in a lot of ways.
0: Yeah. And I want to see where this new man takes her because like, I'm rooting for her to find love. I'm rooting for her. (laughs) Me too. (laughs) Marissa and D23 on Instagram says, everyone needs a friend like Danielle, the way she had Lindsay's back. Amazing friend.
1: Danielle is such a good friend because she has Lindsay's back and she has her best interests at heart. So even when she's giving her constructive criticism and feedback and saying, you are the problem in your relationship, she's doing it from a place of like, she wants Lindsay to be happy, right? She's not doing to like make Lindsay feel bad about herself or to split up Lindsay and her boyfriend. She's like, my goal in life is like, as a friend is to see you happy. Yeah. And so this is, this is why I need to tell you these things.
0: She's not pulling a Hannah. (laughs)
1: yeah that's for sure
0: (laughs) jackie asking on instagram says "Ooh, amanda is in for a world of hurt babysitting that man child kyle that's a hot take
1: i think that's what a lot of people thought the last few seasons but this season seemed a little bit different i think you know they probably both give and take in this relationship. I think there are things Kyle brings to it that he does for Amanda that we don't always get to see like why he's a good partner, or how he's a good partner, but I'm sure that he is. And I, we all know she's a wonderful partner to him. And so I, I do see a change in him. I do see uh, him, you know, growing up. I think he wants the same things as she does. Um, and I think the fact that they have live together and work together and been together through COVID I think they can make it through anything
0: I agree with you I also think from watching him and her interact on watch what happens live and now hearing him on different podcasts and such like you could tell that change has been made there's been a lot of growing up there so I if this was a couple seasons ago I would be like I agree completely I never was a huge Kyle fan but now I'm on board with them
1: well, also like the man-child part. Yes, he gets drunk. Yes, he is oh, like yeah. whatever. But that's also parts of what she loves about him. She finds him endearing. She finds him charming. And so, yes, those are things that she can get me frustrated when he drinks too much or he passes out with his clothes on, you know, or like, you know, eating in the bed or like yeah. whatever he does. But I I do think that she finds him charming and and that's also important.
0: Yeah. And not for nothing. She can get down and party with the best of them too. And like my friend says, there's a lid for every pot. So clearly lid and pot.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I just think that they're, they're a good match for each other and we didn't necessarily see it as well until this season
0: agreed. And then Samaj writes in about the premiere of Roni, which I know we didn't talk about today because this is more on the, um, more talking about shows outside the housewives, but I do like to bring it up a little bit because he had a good point. He said, I love the premiere of Roni. It felt like the fit of my old favorite sweater, which is so cute. Anytime I see these girls, I know it's going to be a good time.
1: I felt like that too. It just felt so, it felt like a weighted blanket, like yes. watching them. It was just so comforting. And I, I, I didn't expect it to feel comforting or good. I thought it would feel weird because you've got Leah now in this like prominent position as a housewife where she was the newbie and I've got Ebony. And then, you know, what? I was worried about what would it look like without Dorinda and without Tinsley. And I missed Tinsley that I surprisingly did not miss Dorinda.
0: Yeah, it's interesting because I thought the same thing, but I forgot they were gone for, you know, when I was watching, it's kind of like they do really well with organized chaos, which normally would make you feel anxious and scared, but it's comforting to watch their organized chaos.
1: I absolutely think so. I, there is nothing like the women of Roni. There's nothing like it.
0: (laughs) And Ebony is killing it. So
1: perfect. She's a perfect fit for these women and for this franchise.
0: Absolutely. Well, that wraps it up. I'm sad to say goodbye to you, but like you are welcome to come on any freaking time. I know you and I could chat forever. We could about chat all this
1: forever. Stuff. Oh my God. Thank you so much for having me.
0: My pleasure, babe. You have such great takes and tell everyone where they can find you
1: so you guys can listen to my podcast Is This Real Life with Mandy Slutsker anywhere that you listen to podcasts and um, you can find me on Instagram, Twitter, and Clubhouse at Mandy Slutsker that's spelled slut, S-K-E-R. <laughs> It was very popular in high school <laughs>
0: <laughs> Oh my god I love that <laughs> That is hysterical Thank you so much for tuning in to the Believe in Bravo Besties podcast I'll talk to you next week